Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. It's time to celebrate Jesus and uh, it's time to rejoice that God has sent his one and only son. And uh, today I'm starting a new series called A Savior is Born. Yes, it has all to do with Christmas coming. Um, Today, I want to present to you um, the birth of Christ in today's message in two very different perspectives. Both perspectives are straight out of the Bible, um, but we're looking at both of them to help us appreciate Christmas in a really fresh way. In our uh, life group, How to Study the Bible, it's been a Zoom group on Monday afternoons. Um, We looked into John chapter 1. And it starts off very differently than the other Gospels do. Um, And today, what I want to do is I want to show you that comparison of very different ways that the Bible tells us about Jesus coming and what we can receive from them both. So we're going to start with John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then I'll skip to 14. John chapter 1, 1 says this. In the beginning... Was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him. All things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14 The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, y'all, that is John chapter one talking about Jesus coming. Now, let's read Luke chapter two. Same story told very differently. Luke 2, 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. To Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for him. Now, y'all, when you listen to those two stories of Jesus's coming to this planet, they could not be told more differently, could they? John's gospel focuses on the fact that Jesus is God, like right from the beginning of the gospel. In Luke's gospel, it focuses on the fact that Jesus is very much a person and very human. And you know what? Both are 100 percent true because Jesus is fully God and he is fully man. And you know what? Both the gospel of John and the gospel of Luke get to the same destination, which is the cross. 
they just tell the story, if you will, from two different sides of the room. It, you know, if you're, you're watching maybe a, a sporting game or you're watching something, for, you know, in, in an arena or something, if you sit in one seat, your perspective of what just happened might be different than if you sit on the other side. And what John is doing is John is sitting on the side of eternity looking at this, and Luke is sitting in the side of the, at, at the, the place of the present uh, of what it was like in that moment when Jesus came into Nazareth. John, in the book of John, Jesus is presented as he is pre-existent, meaning that he was there at creation and he was part of the Godhead. He was there to lay the foundations of the world. There's a, there's a bit of a ta-da, if you will, when you read the book of John, right? And it, you, it's like the in the beginning. And in our, in our life group, we were looking how to have that in the beginning was the word. It's playing right off of Genesis chapter one in the beginning, right? And it, it's kind of like it, 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 the book of John opens up with, hey, before everything was, Jesus was. I mean, it's really like, like, if you will, it's Steven Spielberg kind of movie, right? Where when you go to Luke, Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary. A young woman, like a person like you and me. And he's going to Bethlehem where there's a census being taken. I think it's so interesting when I was just looking over the message this morning, I just had this kind of thought. I thought a census is being taken and Jesus arrives. It's almost like God entered into the universe and said, I want to be counted as here. I just thought I was like this morning. I was like, Lord, that's cool. It's really not my message, but I'm going to take it and I'm sharing it. with. I was like, that is so cool here. Present. There's a there's a quaintness. There's like a simplicity and an elegance in the telling of Luke's story. Like a real child was born, a baby was born. You know, John, the book of John doesn't discuss Jesus's childhood at all. It just goes straight to John the Baptist baptizing people and it goes straight away into Jesus's ministry, his baptism in the ministry. I mean, it's just like gangbusters, like let's just get going, right? Where the book of Luke goes through John's birth with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And then goes through Mary's uh, birth and how miraculous that was. And there's just a, there's a, a tangibleness of it, of, of like a, a relatableness to it. Like you're thinking about this young couple and they're going for a census and there's no room for them. And you're like, but they're having a baby. You know, it's like this, this whole connection you're having with the story. Why are the Gospels told so differently? They're both entirely true, but they both, they each bring out very different emphasis. And the reason I'm sharing this message with you this morning is, I don't know about you, but I am excited about Christmas. Can you tell? Is it on my face? And you know what? What's going on in the world around us right now? is all the more reason to press in to what Christmas is and who Christmas is. Right? Like, whatever's bothering you about maybe what, the, what Christmas may hold, the, the core and the truth and the reason we're going to celebrate hasn't budged an inch. 
hasn't changed a bit. And y'all today, I want to just say the word of God has so much for us to be able to worship God and experience his presence and to let his light shine. John's gospel wants you to know that God is I'm going to use some big some big words. So omnipresent that he's uh, or omnip, uh, um, <laughs> he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And he's omniscient, meaning that God is everywhere, that he's all powerful and he's all knowing. John wants you to know that God sent his only son, right? That that was the purpose of Jesus coming to this earth. For for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Can I hear an amen? amen? Luke's gospel wants you to know. That Jesus understands. He understands your life. Just think about that. God was willing to walk in your shoes. He was willing to take on humanity for the purpose of saving humanity. He was willing to take on being a person so that he could take the unjust judgment upon himself instead of you and I because he loved us so much. He's walked in your shoes. Jesus was fully human. Like he started from the beginning. Like somebody changed Jesus's diaper and I don't I'm not trying to be crass. I mean, Jesus had to be fed as a baby. You know, they had to move him from from soft foods to solid foods. And you moms and dads, new moms and dads out there, you know what I'm saying here, right? Like like can you imagine like you're holding Jesus. I mean, I don't know if you got Jesus like you got a you got a Volvo with a good car seat with like I mean, like all like you are strapping them onto that camel and making sure nothing's getting you got jesus on board right that was the first little placard baby on board it was like jesus on board don't mess with my camel i'm making that up i don't think they were using camels but you you know what you're picking up what i'm laying down um jesus he grew up like he was educated with other children he sat in class if you will, right? He played with other kids. He had chores. Somebody told Jesus, go pick up your, our room, I guess it would have been, right? Like, and you see in the book of Luke, at 12 years old, this turning point in Jesus's life where it's our first insight into Jesus actually understanding his own identity, where he takes on his own identity. And to understand that, one of the things that's important to know is when Jesus completely took on humanity, he didn't become any less God. You hear that? He didn't become any less God, but he did set aside his God powers. And he would be empowered and led by the Holy Spirit and and live a very human life, but he wasn't any less God. Does that make sense? Like, this is higher math for, for most of us, right? I mean, we're like, okay, I mean, but this is God in his operation. And this is what he shows us through his word. But we know that it, he goes into Jerusalem at the age of 12 years old, and he goes to this festival, the Passover festival, that he would have gone to with his parents every year to. And something happens at the age of 12. And it's so unique because for many of us, we believe there's something, there's a turning point when you're 12 years old, right? Jesus is there in the temple, and 
the festival's over. Mom and dad start to hike it back, you know, and they're headed back to Galilee. And what happens? Jesus is hanging out at the temple. Mom thinks he's with dad and dad thinks he's with mom. And they look at each other. Who's got Jesus, right? Didn't you strap him to the camel? Like they, they don't know what's going on. And so they go back and where do they find Jesus? They find Jesus in the temple. And Jesus says this thing that, that it says Mary treasured this in her heart. He says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And like there's this aha and this, this something happening in Jesus where he begins to understand who he is and his purpose and his destiny. And we see that glimmer of, of, of that happening. And I love that. It says in, in Luke 2.49, he says, why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. They went down to Nazareth and with him, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. It says in verse 52, And Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. There's this like little glimpse in Scripture of Jesus growing up as a person. Right? It's his transition in his life from childhood to his purposes. And um, what Jesus would do in the book of Luke and the other gospels is you would see him in his humanity and full of the spirit. What did he do? He brought kingdom life into this earthly world. When I say that, he brought the principles of the kingdom of heaven, the purity and the truth and the power of it and the desire, it says your will on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus brought it. He put, he has flesh on and he brings those principles to those of us who are trapped in an earthly world. And he taught people about righteousness. He, he taught them that sin is, is first something that starts in your heart. It's not just all the doing and not doing. And, and Matt was talking this morning about, you know, the, it, you're not saved by the law. You're saved by trusting and faith in Jesus and, you know, sin and righteousness is first of all a heart issue and he inspired people to live well before God and before others and he showed people by his own example what does righteousness really look like by his own choices and he showed people what true wholeness looks like I don't know about you but one of my favorite things to read about Jesus in scripture is how he would just go about healing people he didn't care their race, their gender. He didn't care their position and society, high or low. People who wanted healed by God, he went about healing the sick and delivering people because he was showing the kingdom principle of he is trying to bring life to people are dying who are dying. He showed humanity that God is for wholeness, not sickness. That God is not the source of sickness. He's the source of our healing and gave them hope. He taught people about relationships, that we can love people who are very different than our, ourselves. He brought disciples together who are very different from one another. He would interact with a, a Samaritan woman and, and show, show people that, you know what, God is for people, period. He is for people. He wants to save people. And he would in, in, um, send them into the nations with this good news of what he has done on the cross. He taught us in relating to each other. He taught us that. Um, we have to forgive one another, that it's not a request, it's an expectation. 
That if he can forgive us, he expects us to forgive others. He holds a really tight line on that. But one of the things we, we, we learn from him and we understand from him is that forgiveness is as much for us as it is for anyone else. And actually, it's really more for us than it is for others. Because unforgiveness is the thing that's toxic in us. It destroys us. You know, when I look at the book of John, because it starts off, let me say it this way. The book of John is how most of us read the Bible. We read the Bible knowing that Jesus is God and King and Savior. We know what's going to happen. So normally when we open up the Bible, we start with that in mind. Do you follow me? The book of Luke, it says, I, you know, I'm writing to Theophilus, which is, you know, a, a Greek name. And Luke is trying to share the gospel with the Roman world and, and with this person, Theophilus. And um, he, he's saying these things. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get them to start from the beginning of there was this miracle. And that heaven was saying that he's coming. And, and he's kind of like trying to bring them along in the story where John is saying, I know you already know the story. So in the beginning. Like he's just starting off, boom, he is pre-existent, he is all-powerful. There's this different um, perspective. And the thing is, for you and I, it's good to read it both ways. To, in his godness, not forget the humanity that he really took on. Do you catch that? That there's a both and. And it's not a balance thing. Some of you all know I have a pet peeve with the word balance. I, I like the truth to be in its full expression and not watered down. And the reality and Jesus and his identity is a great example of that fully God and fully man. Right. Luke helps us to realize that the, the real flesh and the real person that that Jesus is. Right. But when we go to the book of John, you get this sense. Jesus has all authority that he is the king of kings. You know that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end that by going to the cross, the work is finished. It is complete that he's the king of kings, that he's the Lord of lords, that he has all authority, that it's been given to him and that he lives to intercede for you. Now in heaven, he is interceding for you like Jesus is. I mean, he's portrayed as all strong, all powerful, all authority. And both perspectives of the story are good for your life and for my life. We need to know that Jesus gets it from the perspective of Luke. That he understands. You and I need to know, like right now, that he knows what it is to go through life and have the day-to-day stresses of life. Family things and work things and just life things and society things. And, you know, he, they lived under the oppression of a Roman world. And, they, you know, they're like he knew what it was to grow up in society. He understands you. Sometimes we think, well, he understands me because he's God and he's all-knowing and he knows everything. Well, that's true. But you all know, like, he's walked in your shoes. He knows. He knows what it was like for his mother. He knows what it was like for his dad. He knows what it was like for his brother. He knows what it was like for himself. He has walked in our shoes. John, well, in the fact that he's walked in our shoes, makes it all the more possible for you to draw close to him and know that he gets you. That he understands you.
and that you can trust him. The book of John. Jesus is above it all. He's greater than everything we face. So you can put your faith in him because he hasn't lost any authority. He hasn't lost any power and he loves you. And nothing is beyond him. Nothing is beyond his reach. Nothing is beyond his ability to redeem. Nothing is beyond our God. One of the verses I love in John chapter 1, verse 12 says this. Yet all who died received him. Excuse me. To all who died. I'm reading this wrong. Please forgive me. John 1, 12 says this. Yet to all who did receive him. Those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You know what that scripture is saying? It's saying you have this opportunity to receive Jesus in your life and to believe in his name and to become a child of God. That was, that was why he came. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves all acceptance. Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners, of which I'm the very worst. He came on a rescue mission. And he took on humanity to do it. And he presents himself. And he said, if you will believe, if you will put your trust in me, I will give you a new life and you will be born of God. Not just born of your parents, not just born in, in, in not just a, a human birth, but born of God and have a spiritual life and a, an interaction and a relationship with God. And I want to tell you today, as we're going into this Christmas season, if you never had that moment in your life where you said to Jesus, yes, I believe. I believe in your name and I I believe in who you are. I believe you came as a person and I believe that you are God of the universe who took on this humanity and that you came to rescue me. And if you believe that that was for you and you've never received that into your life personally, I just want to encourage you to do that today. I just want to encourage you to receive that as your own, because in the in the grand scheme and the grandioseness of all of this. You need to know that he came for you. That he has your number. He knows who you are. See, amazing thing about our God. He cares about the individual and he cares about the whole. But you matter to him. And I just want to encourage you today. If you've never put your trust in him, make today the day that you put your trust in him. November the 29th, 2020. Make it the day where you say to Jesus, I believe that this story is for me and I believe that you came and I want to put my trust in you. If you're making that decision today, I want to encourage you to let me know about it. If you're watching online, you go to victorychristian.church and you click on um, next steps and we'll reach out back, back out to you. We want to make sure that we can rejoice with you and pray with you. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. If you're in the in-person service, you just come and grab me. I want to pray with you and I want to rejoice with you because there is nothing like that moment in your life where you put your hands and your life into his hands. Now, I want to close with a prayer today. And here's the prayer I want to close with. I want to pray for you that this Christmas, 
that the full there'll be a more fullness to your experience with Jesus. Maybe what you need to know this Christmas is he's got that. That he is the king of kings, that he is the Lord of glory and all powerful. And you need to remember that he's got power and authority that you need over your life. Or maybe today you need to remember, like John, the book of John says, he calls you friend. You need to remember that he knows your life and he's experienced humanity and he gets it. And you need to know that he knows and that he gets you. We'll pray for you today. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Jesus, for the way your word tells us your story from different vantage points. And today, Lord God, we just say, God, we want to know the fullness of you. For those who are crying out to you today and say, I want to be saved. I want to know you as my God. I want you in my life today, Lord. I thank you, God, for transformation and being born again and entering into the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray today for us who are putting our trust in you, for all of us who put our trust in you. Lord, may we know the fullness of who you are, Jesus. We declare, God, this is a season where we just bring even greater emphasis to you and our relationship with you. And we say you are the king of glory. You are our God and our savior. You are our hero, Jesus. And Lord, may we, as we look into your word this Christmas season, Lord, may we experience and know you, Jesus, all the more. You are our hero, pre-existent and glorious God, but took on humanity and know, know our suffering. We know you know our lives. Thank you for the love that you show us. Lord, today, Jesus, we proclaim you as our king of glory, the savior of the world. We love and worship you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.